cry out, Jesus. In our desperation, in our longing, we lift our eyes to the heavens. The Savior that was promised reached down to us, becoming flesh. At his entrance, they laid palms at his feet, as today, in his presence, we fall to our knees. We cry out to him, hanging on the cross, the righteous one whose blood broke the curse. With an act of love that saved our souls, overflowing redemption making us whole. No nail to the bones could hold him. No crown of thorns could shame him, because he is the one. No tomb could contain him. Death could not stop him. He conquered the grave and rose from death victorious. Cry out, Jesus, 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 you are the resurrection and the life. In you, all things come alive. We will forever declare the mighty power of your name. We cry out with everything we have. We need you, Savior, and nothing else, because in you, we are saved by grace. Your glory will shine upon the world, and every tongue will cry out, Jesus is the Lord. Amen. He is risen. Amen. This is the day we celebrate that Jesus is no longer on the cross, that he came out of that tomb and he is alive. Amen. Hey, we are, we're definitely full this morning, so if you happen to be, you know, out on the end, there's seats in between, maybe squish in and, and uh, we'll, we'll get everyone seated, but it's great to see you here this morning. If you're visiting, welcome. Welcome. We've had a great morning already with breakfast and getting to know one another. And we want to spend some time you know, worshiping and lifting up the name of Jesus who we celebrate this morning. So I just got to grab my guitar and we'll get going here in just one sec. empty tomb. That's the reason we celebrate. Amen. Amen. This morning as we go into a, a time of worship, I encourage you, you can stand or you can sit or you can kneel or you can clap, but let's, let's really celebrate the Lord. I, I think it's great when we can stand and, and do that, but if you're uncomfortable or, or if you get tired, just please sit and, and uh, let nothing distract you. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can celebrate today. Lord, we are this side of the cross, this side of the tomb. We know that you are alive, that you are risen, God, and we praise you and thank you. We thank you that through your resurrection, Lord, it promises us life, God, life uh, free from sin and a hope of eternity in heaven. We thank you for all the benefits that the cross brings of healing and, and peace and life, God. As we go into this time of worship, we pray that you would receive it as an offering to you and, and um, of just our love and adoration. 
God, as we think about you, as we focus on the cross this morning and what, what it means in the empty tomb. Father, bless our time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Your life. 
set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you Let's sing that in again. This is amazing grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love that you would take my place. You would bear my cross. You lay down your life. I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for so loved the world for God so loved the world that he just one and only son to save us whoever believes in him will live forever
There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing, nothing. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing, is nothing. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. Mover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus has triumphed over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. Mover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus has triumphed over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. Hallelujah. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Give the Lord a clap.
resurrecting you and resurrecting me heavenly father we thank you so much god for what happened during this passion week this holy week this time that we celebrate the crucifixion and the resurrection of jesus the resurrection changed everything god we have life now in you god we thank you that we can celebrate God, we thank you that even though we go through difficult times here on this earth, our hope is steadfast in you and an eternal life with you. When all this is said and done, when we breathe our last here, God, we have hope. We know that we will come to be with you in the bodily resurrection. New bodies, perfect, live forever with you. For all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you, we thank you, and we thank you. We can celebrate this morning with other believers all throughout the world on Resurrection Sunday. Bless the rest of the service. Bless everyone who's here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Before you sit down, at least wave to somebody. Give a high five or an elbow bump or something. Greet somebody. Tell them. Happy Resurrection Day. Well, good morning, Journey Church. Happy Resurrection Day. So exciting to see all of you here. Hey, if you guys are joining us for the first time, I see a lot of wonderful, beautiful new faces. We would love to get connected with you. One way you can do that is there are connection cards in the pockets of the seats, and you can fill those out and put them in the tithe and offering uh, little boxes that you'll see at the back of the room here. Or as the gentlemen come down when we receive our tithes and offerings, you can put that in the little bag there as well. 
So, and then if you have any prayer requests, we also have a way that you can fill. There's prayer cards in the pockets too, and you can fill those out and put those also in the tithe and offering boxes in the back of the room as well. So, um, so as we get ready for receiving our tithes and offerings, we do have a few announcements that I'm going to get you. So if you want to start writing out those checks, that'd be cool. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> so a couple announcements is we're going to be starting um, hiking fellowship sometime probably in May. So just an opportunity for those that after Sunday service want to get together and get fit and get into shape. Lord knows I need it. Um, <laughs> well, we're just going to spend time doing some hikes after church. So that's going to be coming up hopefully in May when it gets a little bit warmer. And then the next announcement I have is that we're going to be doing an all-church cleanup day on May 20th. So we just want to continue to to build up our house and, and make it look beautiful and so that we can continue to bring people into the family right here at the Journey Church. Amen? So again, that's May 20th is when we'll be having that all-church cleanup day. If you guys are available, can come help for that. And then we also have a women's mini conference that's going to be coming up in June, um, the actual date to be determined, and there is going to be a small ticket price. So we'll have all the additional details for that, but we just want to spend some time with women, building each other up, encouraging each other. We're going to have some speakers there, so it'll be a great time to fellowship with one another. June 17th is when that, so mark your calendars, ladies, and we'll have a day to hang out with each other, so. And so with that, we're going to continue our time of worship and receive our tithes and offerings, and I heard this really cool saying, and it says this, it says, when you put your life in the hands of Jesus, you see the hands of Jesus all over your life, and I thought, that's so cool, it's just so simple, but yet, we just want to give everything to the Lord, whether it's our finances, our relationships, our jobs, whatever that looks like. But the more that we put our life in his hands, we see where his hand is all over our life. And we want to believe in that here at the Journey Church, whether it's with our ties, our missions, or anything that we do so that we can continue to bring him glory and bring the kingdom of God here. Amen? All right. So let's go ahead and pray for our ties and offerings now. Father, we thank you, God, that you do have us in the palm of your hands. God, the hands that were pierced on that cross, Lord, for the sacrifice that you made for us. We are so eternally grateful and thankful for what you did for us, but yet we were so happy, God, that you defeated death. You, our Savior, lives today in each, in each and every one of us that have called upon your name. And God, as, as we're talking about ties and as it's a way to reach out to those that are lost, God, to continue our mission here at the Journey Church, I pray just that for each person in this room, God, if they haven't made that choice to follow you, that as we go on through the message, as we've had worship, God, that their hearts would be stirred up and they would have a hunger and a desire to know who you are, Lord. Father, we thank you once again for the many blessings that you provide us here at the Journey Church and the ways that we get to reach out across the world through our missions and those that are in ministry, Lord. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Is anyone else a little warm? Okay. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll cool down. If it gets too cold, you know, they'll turn it back up. And This is that time of year where we just don't know what we want, right? Too warm, too cold. But it's wonderful that today was uh, a little bit warmer. Last week when we were thinking about doing this breakfast, about the same time when we were outside eating, it was, I think, 17 degrees. <laughs> so today was about 42, and, uh, and so it worked. Amen. Hey, if you came for breakfast and you enjoyed it, let's give a, just thank everyone who prepared breakfast. Amen. It was wonderful. So this morning, you know, I know people were busy cooking and stuff, but this morning early, it was, it was you know, Resurrection Sunday, and I heard this loud boom, and I thought the tomb, uh, the stone had been rolled away with that big boom, but instead it was just Kenny's stove blowing up. And so... Yeah. So, anyways, but, but the, uh, the, the potatoes made it. Anyways, right? The potatoes made it, so. Amen. <laughs> yeah, pray for his stove. Anyway. Hey, this is great. Hey, well, it is. We, you know, it is Resurrection Sunday. If, if you uh, haven't been in, in church, sometimes on Resurrection Sunday, the pastor will say, He is risen, and the congregation responds, very good class. Very good. Brownie buttons for everyone. Amen. And, you know, we say he is risen. Uh, some people say he has risen, but the reason we say he is risen is because he still is risen. I, I actually just got a, a, a Facebook kind of update from a, a pastor friend, Pastor Mark uh, Paul, Paul Goulet, um from... Uh, Las Vegas, and he actually has a second home up here, and he is in Israel, and so he took a picture of the empty tomb, uh, and, and he says, you know, I checked again, <laughs> just to make sure, and it's still empty, and that's a, that's a wonderful thing, because we celebrate because Jesus is risen. He is risen. There it is. You know, he, he is alive, and he was placed in a tomb after that Good Friday, which we celebrated just a couple days ago. They placed him in the tomb. They put that stone in front of it, and they put a seal on it so that nobody could come and steal the body away. They placed Roman guards on the outside to protect it. The problem is the Roman guards were protecting the wrong side. They were protecting it from without so nobody would come and steal the body. What they weren't prepared for is that from within, the stone would be rolled away and Jesus would come out and wouldn't that freak you out too? I mean, they, they were on the original first graveyard duty. And you, know, you get a little scared in the, in the middle of the night when something like that happens. We're going to talk about that in this message this morning because it's so important. The empty tomb is so important. When he rose from the, dead, the, the grave, it means that he conquered death. He, the cross couldn't kill him. The grave couldn't hold him. Nearly 2,000 years ago, Jesus rose from the dead, and really it's an indisputable fact. And people will try to dispute it, but there's so much evidence that says that Jesus rose from the grave. We're going to talk a little bit about that this morning in this service. So, you know, and, and I do have a clock in the back, just so you know, I won't go late, because at the end of service, we are going to have a time where the kids go out and, and look for um, eggs and things like that and candy. And I think there's like 600 eggs, and I only saw maybe 15 or 20 kids. 
So your kids are going to get amped up on candy this year. So, you know, and I see some of you people out there going, can I pass? Can I get out there? So we will do that. We'll, we'll end on time. Also, I'm drinking water, so I won't be able to last much more than like 40 minutes before I have to end. Amen. But, you know, Jesus, he rose from the dead, which is awesome because this morning early, I had a hard time getting out of bed. You know, I, I woke up before, before sunrise, and I'm like, oh. You know, some mornings I wake up, I say, oh, good morning, Lord. This morning I woke up and says, good Lord, morning. And, but Jesus conquered death for us. Hallelujah. He is risen. So all over this mountain this morning, but not only all over this mountain, all over the world, you know, with the time change yesterday and today, you know, because it was Sunday yesterday for some people, the first day of the week, people are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in fact, this is why we actually attend church on Sunday, is this day. See, some people have even questioned, maybe yourself goes, you know, the Jews, they had a Sabbath, and, and how come we go to church on Sunday, and do we have it wrong, or is Sunday the Sabbath? And just to let you know, no, today's not the Sabbath. Yesterday would have been the Sabbath. So why do we attend church on Sunday? Because Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. And then the scriptures, because of that, said that on the first day of the week, the, the disciples would gather together to, to meet together and celebrate the Lord's uh, the fact that Jesus Christ is alive. So this is why we do church on Sunday, and some people do it on Saturday. That's fine. You, you can go to church every day, um, but that's why we choose to do it on this day, on Sunday. Luke 24, 1 through 6 says this, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared, and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Amen. So we, we have worship services on this day because it's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And, and that's a lot of reason to celebrate. And sp specifically today. Today is the day that, that people, you know, even if you don't attend church regularly, you're like, I've got to be there. There's something in us that says, I need to be at, at church on Easter. And, 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 and we see around us this morning, we're, we're, we're full this morning. There's an old hymn, and, and maybe I'll even sing it. You know, some of you old, uh, people who grew up with these, but uh, the words to a hymn that we would normally sing on an Easter morning, but the words are so important. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. I started too low. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Man, 
The next verse says this. I'm just going to read this. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find, none other is so loving, so good, and kind. Now that is a good Easter message. That is a good message for us to hear. He lives. He is good. He is kind. He is loving. That's the message I need to hear. And I imagine this morning you need to hear it as well. We hear all kinds of messages every day. Every day. In fact, today, a hundred times more than 15 years ago, we hear messages every day. Because we all have this wonderful thing in our back pocket that delivers messages. And some of the messages that get delivered to us are not very happy. Some of the messages are just full of, of worry and stress or you're not enough or you don't have enough or you're not good enough. Uh, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. That's what I, if, if every time I turn on social media, I kind of feel like somebody's going to jump out and go, look at me. <laughs> messages, messages. We need to listen to and hear the good message of Jesus Christ. So many messages aren't. The news, there's even a saying in broadcast news, and you know, news is, go, is changing so much, but if it bleeds, it leads. You know, they are always looking for negative stories because those things are much better. When's the last time you turned on, on the, the news or on social media and you, you heard this? 15,000 planes landed safely today. <laughs> Who cares? I want to know about the four that crashed all over the world. I mean, you know, messages, they come, they're so negative, negative, but some are discouraging, some are even frightening and shaming. A while back, we really heard a lot about the war in Ukraine. I mean, it was front and center. Did you know that it's still going on? If you thought about it from the news, you'd go, really? You know why? They know. We're done with that. Let's move on to another negative story. But the gospel is the good news. The gospel is the good news. In addition to that, he is risen. Amen. Jesus loves you. And Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me and Jesus loves you. Jeremiah 31 says that he loves us with an everlasting love. And he draws us with loving kindness. Long before Billy Joel, God loved you just the way you are. <laughs> you know, he does. God loves you. And sometimes people feel there's a message that God hates you. God judges you. God's d disgusted with you. Sometimes even as Christians, we can give that feeling to, to people who don't know Jesus. We come against their actions or come against People, rather than understanding that God hates sin, yes, but he loves the sinner. God loves everyone. In the book of John, when it says, for God so loved the world, he wasn't talking about believers. He was talking about everyone. God loves us, and he loves me, loved me, even before I came to him. In my sin, in my rebellion, in all the things I was doing, he loved me. I know some of your stories, and, and just statistically speaking, there are people in here who would say, I am absolutely unlovable. 
Statistically, there are people in here, right, that say, I am unlovable. I've done nothing good. Nobody should really love me. That might be true, but God loves you. God loves you. He sees past that. Have you ever marveled at, at uh, parents and how much they love their children? Last night, I, my wife was uh, scrolling a little bit, and she saw this video of a, of, a, of a guy. We don't even know who this guy is, but it moved both of our hearts. She, she saw it, and it was one of those. She goes, oh, you got to see this. And this, this young dad, you know, and I'm like, oh, he, he has no idea what's coming for him. He's got this little tiny, I mean, he was in the hospital, and he's just like, my baby. I mean, that's a little peanut he's got. And he's just this little tiny peanut, and he's looking, and he's just so happy. He's like, I never thought I could feel like this. And, and he looks down at this thing that just came out of the womb. I mean, just now. And he goes, I love you. And I thought, how do you know? <laughs> I mean, have you thought about that? How do you know? Because a parent does. But you don't walk by strange babies and go, I love you. <laughs> Parents love their children in a way that we can't imagine. God is our father. He loves us. Now, we know that sometimes these little babies, they grow up into to doing things that aren't so likable. There are people in the prisons who've done horrible things with their life. Many of them still have a parent who loves them. Why? Because that's my baby. That's my baby. You are God's baby. It's awesome. Whether you know him or not, he loves you. That is a message we need to hear. There's a lot of messages out there that tell us other things about us, about God, and about the world. Messages that says you are not enough. You should look like this. You know, so there's, there's times I just want to blow up social media. There are people, I see them on social media, and I see them in person, I'm like, you're two different people. Your filters are so strong on social media. You know, they got these chiseled jaws and all this stuff. You know, what the, who, who, what happened? <laughs> like, I saw you yesterday on social media, and, and I see you today. You've gained 50 pounds in a day. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. We can't believe all those things. They're not trustworthy, but the Word of God is, and and there is so many stories on the internet and social media, a lot of misinformation, um, a lot of things passed down through, through the ages. And uh, let, let's go through a few things that I've seen. Now, these are actually all from newspapers. I didn't, I didn't do any social media ones. These are kind of fun. These are some things that the uh, certain types of media will want you to believe. Let's go ahead and go to that first one if it's up there. Here it comes, maybe. We were having pro problems earlier. It's, it's, just a, not, it's not that life-shattering. Okay, if he gets it, we'll, we'll go through them. But here, here's some sayings that, that have been passed down over the times that, that we've been led to believe, a lot of us, um, that this might even be a scripture. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Did you ever hear that one? Right? 
people quote that like it's a Bible passage. And some of you are like, it's not. It, it's, it's in second opinions. Um, Saddam and Osama adopt a shaved ape baby. Let's go to the next one. These are some great news clippings that we're supposed to believe. Man's 174 mile an hour sneeze blows his wife's hair off. I'm sure that happened. Let's go on. Uh, a new reporter eaten alive by an 80-foot dinosaur. Inquiring minds want to know about this. What's, what's some other ones? Uh, a half-human, half-fish. Are they washing up in Florida? That's good, right? Yeah. Okay. Screaming tourists flee the beaches. Uh, Abraham Lincoln was a woman. Now, that, that, that one actually would probably get a lot of traction right now. Okay. People say things. They've, they've been saying it, for, giving you know, misinformation. Uh, you can go ahead and take that down. For a long time, you know, we, we hear stories, we make up stories, we say things. Um, here, here's some other ones in the church that we hear. They're not quite as absurd as these, um, but they're, in fact, they're worse than these because most people, when we read these, we don't think it's true. They're, you know, every once in a while you see one, you go, hmm, I wonder. Um, God will never give you more than you can handle. Who's ever heard that one? Who, who thinks that's from the Bible? Good for you. It's not in the Bible. It is absolutely not in the Bible. Actually, God is going to give you a lot more than you can handle. But with him, you can get through it. See, you have to clean up before you come to Jesus. A lot of people feel that way. Got to get better. I, I've invited people, you know, you want to you come to church? I got to get rid. I got to stop doing some things before I go. You do not have to take a bath before you take a shower. Come to Jesus. I'm basically a good person. I don't need religion. We're all God's children. Now, sometimes, some of you are like, wait a second, that one's true. Actually, it's not. The Bible says He created us all, and He loves us all. But you don't become a child of God until you receive Jesus as your Savior. He says you become grafted into the branch of the body of the family of God. And it's a wonderful thought that we're all God's children, but He wants us to become God's children. He's loving us, inviting us. It's a weird adoption system. He chose all of us, but we get to, to respond and say, I want to be part of your family or I don't. It'd be like these, uh, my wife and I, we were trying to adopt uh, a number of years back and, and um, apparently, the county of San Bernardino did not think we were a good match for children. <laughs> they, they never placed us. Um, and I have a feeling, you know, maybe they talked to our kids and like, don't give them another one. <laughs> we would go to these events. Um, if, you, if, if you ever, there was a movie with Mark Wahlberg based on a true story of when he adopted some kids and they go to a park. Anyways, it was very accurate. So I can't remember the name of that one. But we go to these parks and the whole point was you would look at all these kids playing and you'd kind of pick them out of which one you wanted, talk to them, and then you'd go and say, hey, if this one's available, I'd like to adopt them. It was sick. It was really sick. There's these people and, and the cute kids, you know, they had like all these people like, oh, let's go get that one. The older kids, maybe trouble looking, 
you know, they would, the, old, the older kids, the teenagers, literally, we, we looked around. I went over and talked to them. They all just went to the side. They've done this so many times, they know nobody wants them. There, there was one, we, there's a little, little girl, she was at the table, you know, coloring, and we started walking over there, and these people came and says, she's ours. <laughs> it's really a sad, sad time. That's not how God adopts. When, when, when God adopts, he like shows up to the park and says, any of you, all of you, I want all of you. If you want to come with me, get in the bus. Isn't that awesome? Awesome. That's, that's the difference with God. God wants me to be happy is another one. Well, I think he wants you to be holy. Yeah, he, he, there's, there's some truth in that he wants us to be happy. That's not his primary goal, is that you're happy. Um, if you raised your kids so that they were always happy, your, your kids are probably spoiled, aren't they? Sometimes you go, you don't get the candy. You don't get the dessert. You don't get to do that because there's times we have to say no and yes. You have to do your homework. I don't like doing my homework. Okay, don't do it. <laughs> the church is God's house. Well, if you're thinking of the building... That's actually not true. God doesn't live in this building. God is in this building when you come in because God lives in you. So if you understand that you're the church, that's true. So we hear different information. Um, here, here's one. I, I, was gonna, I, I don't, don't want to miss this one. Here, here's a message that we hear that people hear. God hates you can put in the, the last word. God hates liars. God hates cheats. God hates homosexuals. God hates murderers. God hates Democrats. Wait, I'm sorry. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. You got to get a little laugh out of that one. God doesn't hate people. That goes against the scriptures. Doesn't it say that God loves the world? He doesn't hate people. Does he hate wicked things? Does he hate things that hurt his children, that hurt the people he wants to be his children? Absolutely. So those aren't true. You know, we could clear a couple of some of those up, but I think it kind of did. I'm going to, we got to make sure we have time to hunt for candy. Just kidding. <laughs> This morning, I wanted to focus on the, what does the empty tomb mean for us? See, we, we hear a lot of bad information. One of the, part of the information we hear is that Jesus really didn't rise from the dead. A lot of people want to argue that point, that, that there was no resurrection of the dead. And that's been happening for thousands of years, trying to to disprove the, the resurrection of Jesus. Anybody who's intelligent gave up trying to disprove Jesus because we know that he lived. There was a guy 
who was teaching and making disciples. We know that his disciples, the apostles, we know that those people lived. There is too much real truth evidence that his apostles lived. They, they, they found the tombs of many of them, and, and there's things written about how they died. So, so any, an intelligent person has to concede that there, Jesus was a person. He had a following. So what they do try to debunk is things like he, he was probably crucified. That was okay. That, that happened in, a lot in, in, in Israel at the time. The Romans would crucify people, but that was it. And they put him in a tomb, and they either forgot what tomb he was in, because, you know, when somebody dies, you forget where they're at. You forget where you put them. <laughs> you know, that, 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 another one, I mean, I'm, these, are, these are things people tried to prove. Um, Joseph Arimathea moved him himself. He says, I don't want you in my tomb. I'm going to put you somewhere else so that I can have, because that was his tomb. And... and of course, the disciples came and took the body and, uh, and, and did something with it and then, and then propagated this, this story that the tomb was empty, that he rose from the grave for some devious plan. Um, I'm just going to give a couple of things, problems with, with those. Real simple. These are some of the, 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 the proofs. In fact, there was a... Uh, there's been a lot of people who've gone out to try to disprove the resurrection. I, I encourage you to read um, The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, um, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, another great book. In the 1800s, there was a, a naturalist, a atheist naturalist, Frank Morrison, who a book had come out about the, the reason for the empty tomb. And, and even in the late 1800s, he, he wanted to write a rebuttal about that. And uh, so he started studying and trying to disprove it in the process. He, like Lee Strobel would later, and, and uh, Josh McDowell would later, and, and a number of people, he uh, changed his whole manuscript, and he ended up calling it Who Moved the Stone? Because he ended up being convinced that Jesus was put in a tomb and that he rose from the dead. Changed this entire thing. So I encourage you, if you're in here this morning and you got dragged here, welcome. Well, <laughs> It's great to have you. If, if, if you don't believe any of this, I encourage you to really study it out. Don't just listen to what people say, because you know, they also believe that a sea creature washed up by a half man, half fish washed up on shore too. Study it out. Look to see what's truth. The empty tomb, a couple things, just if you want to you know, take notes or remember these things for yourself or for someone else. Here's some, some good reasons why we really know that Jesus rose from the grave. We, as I said, we know that the apostles lived. We also know how they died. All 11, 11, 11, uh, 10 of the 11 left were martyred. Peter was crucified upside down. They were going to crucify him normally. He says, I am not worthy to die in the same manner that my Lord did. So he was crucified upside down. Um, some were, one of them was sawn in half, beaten with hammers dipped in oil and lit on fire. These people died for their belief in, in Christ. And not just them. Not just them. In the early first century, second century, thousands and thousands of people were brought into the Colosseum for their faith in Christ. And they were asked a simple question. 
Will you renounce your faith? Did Jesus rise from the dead? And studies have shown, uh, Pastor Mickey talked about this a a few months ago, that well over 90% of the people would not renounce their belief that Jesus rose from the dead. And so they were eaten by animals, beheaded. They were killed. All they had to say was, just kidding. The apostles. I mean... I understand wanting to build some following or do something. I can, I can go with that. But when you're facing death and all you have to say is, I lied to live, how many people will die for a lie? Not too many. They'll live for a lie, for sure. The other thing is that they all died poor. And Jesus himself, he, was, he broke the mold of, of cult leaders. Cult leaders, they want three things. They want the gold, they want the glory, and they want the girls. Throughout history, the apostles didn't get it, and Jesus didn't get it. Why? Because they were true. The message is true. The empty tomb happened, and, and it symbolizes something different than the cross. The cross is so important to our Christianity. The cross of Jesus represents that he died for our sins, that, that he was the perfect sacrifice. If you read the Old Testament, it, there's you know, a lot of blood in the Old Testament. If you ever read it, you're like, oh my goodness, there's a lot of blood. It's a lot of gore. It's kind of wow. Everything had to be sacrificed all the time to make atonement, to, to cover up, to give us forgiveness of all the bad things we did. That's pretty much the Old Testament. All of it's pointing to Jesus. When he died, he says, I'm dying once for all so that no one ever has to die again. No animal ever has to be sacrificed again. I'm the sacrificial lamb is what the scriptures teach us. That's why he's called, if you ever heard it, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's Jesus. So the cross represented us needing forgiveness. Now, now, you know, at the church here, I do a lot of this. Hey, raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you've ever done anything that you needed forgiveness for, okay, right? You know, the rest of you are either liars or narcissists. <laughs> so if you're a liar, you got to raise your hand again now because you just now you need forgiveness for being a liar. We've all blown it. We've all done things. Even the best of us, the best of you who really try hard to live a good life. And I'm, I'm not being facetious. There's some people who've spent their entire life just trying to do the right thing. In fact, it's a personality type. I have that personality type. It's exhausting trying to always hum, hussus, which we, we really try to do the right thing. When we blow it, we think about it sometimes for years. There are some things I'm still remembering. We've all blown it. The cross gives us forgiveness for that. That is powerful. Because you can't go to heaven with sin. But his forgiveness allows that. So the cross is powerful, but the tomb represents some other things. The empty tomb represents a, a bodily resurrection. That 
someday when we leave here, we're actually going to go to heaven, but we're going to have some type of a body. I hope it's better than this one. And I believe it will be. It's, it's a perfect, rejuvenated body. Uh, Job 19 says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at, at last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, in my flesh, I'll see God. What? Yeah, we get a new body. It's exciting. It really is. Because this one is falling apart. As you guys, some of you know, I mean, a year, and a, a year and a half ago, I had a massive heart attack and a quadruple bypass. I mean, like, I can't wait to get a new body. In Romans 8, it says this, We know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. We groan inwardly as we eagerly wait adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. We get a new body. Philippians, Philippians says that uh, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to transform this lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him. Amen. We are going to have a, a resurrected body like Jesus. And, and that's pretty exciting because when Jesus came back, he was perfect when he walked on this earth, but he's in a, in a, in a body. I mean, he, he could just appear into, into rooms with his disciples. That's pretty exciting. 1 Corinthians 15 says, I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of, of an eye, in the last trumpet. The trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. So it's one of the benefits, one of the things that happened at the, with the empty tomb is, is that it promises us that we will rise again if we have faith in Christ, that we will live with a new body. But what else? It means that there is power over death. Power over death. And then, you know, I'm looking around. There's, there's, there's some young people in here, but there's a few people getting a little bit closer to that other side. You know, and, and as we age, we tend to think about that other side a little bit more. We go, man. Did you know that the mortality rate is 100%? <laughs> all of us. All of us. And, and we've seen, even recently, people who go too early at the hands of others. Cancer in a 30-year-old. Heart attacks. You know, even this week, uh, if, you're, if you're local, you know Danny Anger. Um, some of you probably know, and some of you don't, but he had a massive heart attack. I w went to school with Danny. Uh, he's just, I think, uh, three, two or three years older than me. And um, now, praise the Lord, he didn't need what I had. He only needed some stents. But uh, when you're in your mid-50s, you're not thinking that you're going to just keel over and die. Start getting older, it starts becoming a reality, though. As some of you older, you're like, man, yeah, it can happen. It will happen. The empty tomb shows that Jesus rose from the dead, and so will we. Those who believe in him. Some people just think that we just get put in the dirt, and that's it. 
That's it. No, there's life after death. One of the mistakes that we sometimes talk about is that those who believe in Jesus are the only people who have eternal life, in fact. That's not true. The Bible actually says everybody has eternal life. Some people have it with God in heaven, and others have it separated from God in hell. So the empty tomb is hope that this life is not all there is and that there's actually resurrection. And, and the point that is, is, for me, sadly, this world seems like it's just getting worse and worse. And I don't know, am I getting more cynical or is it getting darker and darker? I don't know. I feel like it's getting darker. And I am putting my hope more and more on what's coming. I'm like, wow. You know, when I was young, I, I didn't want people to talk about the coming of Jesus and things. I'm like, I want to get married. I want to have kids. As I'm getting a little bit older, I'm starting to go, come quickly, Jesus. This, this world is crazy. Some of you might agree with me. This world is not all there is. There is another place coming. The scriptures teach of it. It gives us hope of an eternity and a resurrection with him. That's the empty tomb. I wish, and, and I've thought about doing this. I don't wear crosses or I don't wear jewelry much anymore. But in most churches, you see a cross. But you know what you don't see in the front of a church is an empty tomb. We should. The cross is, is, is paramount in our, in our faith, but the empty tomb is too. He didn't just die for our sins. He rose again saying, you can have life forever with me. I conquered death for you. Come. And that's the message. After these scriptures in, in all four gospels of the resurrection, all four, Jesus commissions his people. That's called the Great Commission. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Make disciples. Baptize. That's what we, his, his believers, are committed to do or commissioned to do and we should be doing. You know, when, when Jesus rose, everyone who went there, they ran back and told everyone what happened. I don't see Christians running enough. We should be running to tell people, Jesus he is risen. You're getting tired. You're going to stretch. We should be running more. Like, the, like all those who went to the tomb and it was empty, they, they ran and like, we can't believe this. This is amazing. But all the Gospels, Jesus, after he rose and he started meeting with them, he says, now that you've seen all this, now that, that you understand, I didn't just come to be your your king on this earth and make you, you know, I didn't be, become to be the, the best president ever, the best king and just give you everything you want. I came to be your savior, your, your true Messiah, your spiritual Messiah. Now you need to go into the world and preach the good news. What's the good news? That Jesus Christ came, that he died for our sins and I'm going to make a, a, a pretend tomb over here and I rose from the dead. I did it for you. That's the good news. Whoever believes in me should never perish but have eternal life. That's the scriptures that he wants us to proclaim. Now, um, I want to give a, a couple of scriptures. And, and I, in my studying this week, I, I, uh, I found this and I went, oh, this is really cool. This is really cool. Go with me to 1 John. What's today's date, anyone? Okay. 
Four nine? Okay, let's go to First John four nine. Way towards the back. Way towards the back. It's just before Second John. Four nine. Today's date. So this is our scripture. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Isn't that a good scripture? This is the love of God is made manifest through Him. When was it made manifest? When He went to the cross for us. He loved us so much that He went and He died for our sins. He allowed Himself to be beaten and tortured and put into a grave and He rose again. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. What year is it? 2023. Go to John 2023. John 2023. You're going to remember the Scripture today. I was reading going, where is the Great Commission in the book of John? And, I, and here it is. This is it. It's a little obscure, and we'll talk about that, and then we're close. If you forgive the sins of any, this is when he commissions them to go out, and he says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, that scripture has always bugged me. I've read that, I'm like, huh? But I really was contemplating it, and and he did not give the, the disciples power to forgive people's sins. Because only God can forgive sins. It's actually why they crucified Jesus, because Jesus was forgiving people's sins, and they know only God can forgive sins. So he's not telling them, go forgive sins. He's telling them, as you go and talk about what I've done, the good news that I am the Savior, you can be confident that if you preach the gospel and they receive it, you can tell them their sins are forgiven. And you can be confident that if you preach this good news, Jesus Christ is alive. He rose from the grave. He was crucified for us, but He is alive today and He lives forever. And if they don't receive it, you can be confident their sins aren't forgiven. That's all it is, which is huge. It's huge. Now, you can't Tell individual people, well, I, I ask forgiveness. You can't judge whether they've done that or not, but you can tell the truth. Listen, the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. There is one way to the Father. The Scriptures teach us. One way, through Him. And if people receive that message, their sins are forgiven. Now, I don't know about you. I, I, I myself, and I do some counseling with people, one of the greatest burdens we carry is unforgiveness for ourselves, for others. The idea of forgiveness is so important. We need forgiveness. People need forgiveness. Having somebody not forgive you is like a weight on your shoulders sometimes, isn't it? You, you just seek that. 
In Christ, you can be forgiven of your sin. Whether somebody else will forgive you or not doesn't matter. In Christ is forgiveness of sin. Which sin is the worst? The one you did. If you were born, you've sinned. Because it's, it's just part of nature. Sin nature. We've all sinned. It doesn't matter if it's a, what we call a little sin or a big sin. We've got it. But when Jesus comes, he says, as far as the east is from the west, I remove your sin from you. It's cleansed. That's the gospel. In Christ, we have forgiveness of sins. And then the commission for us as believers is to go help people know that. And, and we're finding in church a lot, things that are helpful, self-help stuff, you know, that's good. But we need the primary message. The first, the pinnacle message is in Christ. We have forgiveness. This morning you've come, and I pray this message is for you, wherever you're at. If, there, if you've done something, if you're separated from God, if you've never asked Him to be your Savior, today you can have your sins forgiven and have a new life. It's more than just believing something. It's really acting on it. As I alluded to, you know, a year and a half ago almost, I had a, a massive heart attack. I used to say that I believed in eating healthy. Yeah, that's a good idea. You should, you should eat healthy. You should exercise. It didn't find its way into my life. And I died right there on the operating table. The doctor had to, in the middle of surgery, just keep massaging my heart. I think they said for five minutes until it would start beating on its own again. But I believe in eating healthy and being, being healthy and exercising. No, I didn't. I do now. I still struggle. I still like bacon cheeseburgers. I'm trying to like them less. It's got to follow through. A lot of people say, yeah, I believe in God. Is it lived out? Can you tell? Can others tell? This morning, as we are, are, are closing this up, I want to encourage us to let this be a day, 4-9-2023, that you truly understand God's love for you, made manifest in the death of Christ, that your sins can be forgiven if you believe the gospel and your life can be made new and that there's a hope waiting for us because the tomb is empty and he's alive. This morning, I want to I close in a, in, a, in a time of prayer and, and um, we're going to open up this front if, if you want to come down. Now, you can come down and pray. You don't have to do it there. You can do it right where you're sitting. This is a, a prayer to receive Jesus for the first time. Say, you know, I, I, need, I know, I've heard it. I want you to be my Lord. And the other one is to recommit your life. 
say, you know, I, I don't think I'm where you want me. I think that you've got something else for me. So we're going to just ask everyone to, to bow their heads. And, and if you want to come forward for this, you can. And so the other thing is, at the same time, if you want, if you are going to pray this prayer, you just kind of put up your hand, just so you can put up a little bit. And part of this is like surrender. I, I'm surrendering to you, God. Otherwise, you can come forward, and then we're, I want to lead you in a little prayer. So if you want to receive him as your Savior, if you want to recommit your life this day, just, just slip up your hand or come to the front. And everyone's, no one's looking. And so, for those who did, for all of us, let's pray a prayer like this. Dear God, I need a Savior. I've done a lot of things wrong in my life. I need to be forgiven. I receive the sacrifice of Jesus to cleanse me from my sin. I commit myself to you to be my Lord, my Savior. I want to follow you. Give me strength to follow you. Give me strength to walk away from the things that are not good in my life. and strength to walk towards you. Thank you for life. Thank you for a sacrifice for my sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We got a, a couple more things we want to do this morning, but if you did pray that for the first time or a, a, a second time, and you want to come um, and talk and pr pray with an elder or a, a leader later um, after the service. We want to do that. I'm gonna as we're gonna we're gonna end with a song, and this song is about life. And uh, so as they get ready to do that, we do have some instructions. Some of you had kids, and so we're gonna have our our kids zone director, Elise, come up and just share just a little bit about what's gonna happen after service, um, so you know what's happening as the kids get all that. Candy, sorry. <laughs> Apologies in advance. Let me get a little. Blue. Hello. Can you hear me? <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Sorry. It's a big crowd. Um, those of you who don't know me, my name is Elise. Myself and my husband, Mikey, were the kids' zone directors here. We have five teachers underneath us, two of which are teaching your children about the greatest love story ever told to mankind right now. So um, the entire Journey Church special shout out to jesse and the youth filled 500 eggs so a little miscount it's 500, 500 not 600 60 were hidden and used as part of the lesson in the classroom so there's only 440 on the field only but they should all be found um what we're going to do is we're going to ask that after service you have your your tickets when you go pick up your child and check them out um they'll have a celebration goodie bag make sure they have that in hand to take home with them Make sure they have a bag, and we'll just meet at the back gate. We're all going to wait. Um, I think there's about four or five little ones in the nursery, so we might let them go in first just for a minute or two, and then the big kids will follow. So I just don't want it to be too chaotic. Once they get in there, they can run amok and do whatever they please. Um, we're building little fissures of men. 
future disciples. These children are heirs to the kingdom of heaven, so I encourage you to remember that um, over the next hour as the sugar really takes a toll. <laughs> I do apologize. So thank you guys. Just meet by the back gate when everything's done with, okay? Amen. Amen. So we're going to close with a song, and again, it was great to have you come and worship with us today, and we're going to ask to stand up one more time, and now you get to stretch a little bit, and, and uh, let's think about this song as we celebrate. This is a fun song. We're going to turn up the music louder than you've ever heard it in here, and, and we're going to sing and, and, and even dance, and we're going to, we're going to, because this is a truly glorious day, Amen. Because he is risen. Oh, Mike, you might. Oh, wait. Try it again. I was breathing beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. I was breathing, but not. Alive And all my failures I tried To hide It was my tomb Till I met you You called my name And I ran out of that grave out of the darkness into your glorious day yeah you called my name and i ran out of that grave out of the darkness into your glorious day Now your mercy has saved my soul And now your freedom is all that I know The old made new Jesus, when I met you Oh, today Yeah, you called my name and I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day Yeah, you called my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day
My sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan, but you called me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future, my eyes are open. Cause when you called my name, I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness, into your glorious day. Called my name, and I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness, into your glorious day. Amen. Run out of that grave into his marvelous light. Amen. Love one another. Greet one another. Kids, parents with kids over towards the playground. Have a blessed and awesome Resurrection Sunday.